Welcome everyone to Kingdom Rock Radio. We pray that you will enjoy today's message. Now here is a sample of what you'll be hearing today. Don't esteem yourself higher than someone else. Don't think you're better than someone else. That's humility. And accept God's help. It's showing that I can't do it by myself. Lord, I need you. That's being humble. Kingdom Rock Radio is an outreach ministry of Kingdom Rock Family Worship Center located right here in Bremen, Georgia. You can connect with us at our website at www.kingdomrock.org. And now, here is today's message. Well, let us welcome our online family again. Kingdom Rock, let us put our hands together. And online, like I always love to say, you are not just viewers, you are family. We thank you for your support. We thank you for your prayers. We thank you for everything that you have been um, doing. And we really accept you as family, not just viewers. And this morning, I want to, um, I'm going to do something a little bit different. It's a little different, but, all, but it's not off script. As the scripture reminds us that in Ephesians 5 and 1, that we shall imitate God in everything that we do. Everything. And when I think about Jesus, the son of God that he has given us, he loves us so much. God loves us so much that he gave us his only begotten son that we who believe in him shall not perish but have everlasting life. And he loves us so much that he wants to make it as simple as possible. When he came, he said he did not come to condemn the world, but he came that the world may have life through him. And he came and his teaching, his method of teaching was so simple. And he used, and this is not on the screen, but you can write this down. This is in the book of Psalms, chapter 1. And he talks about the man who is like a tree. He used things to make his point, but make it so simple and so easy that whoever is listening can walk away with something to think about. He talks about over in the book of Matthew 7, chapter, uh, chapter 7, verse 24 to 27, he talks about the man who listened to his teaching is like a house that is built on a rock. So he used different things. So today, we're going to bring it home. We're going to follow his lead and we're going to bring it home. We're going to make it personal. And today we're going to talk about, if my, yeah, he's coming out, home improvement. <laughs> home improvement. It'll be on the screen in a minute. We'll get to that. And to validate my point, I want to read this. You can go back to the other one first. We're going to read 1 Corinthians chapter 2, verse 1 to 5. And it says, and Paul says, when I first came to you, their brothers and sisters, I didn't use lofty, lofty words or impressive wisdom to tell you God's secret plan. For I decided that while I was with you, I would forget everything except Jesus Christ, the one who was crucified. I came to you in weakness, timid and trembling. And my message and my preaching was very, were very plain. That's my point. I want it to be plain and easy. Rather than using clever and persuasive speeches, 
I rely only on the power of the Holy Spirit. I did this so you would trust not in human wisdom, but in the power of God, as the Holy Spirit speaks through me. There might be some things that he might use. He might use a hammer. He might use a screwdriver. But the point is going to be made, and we're going to get it. So we want to talk about home improvement. And what I, the reason why I call this home improvement, I think I want it to be personal. I, you know, I, to, I said it before many times that whatever God has given me to say, I have to apply it to my life first. I, te- I preach it to myself many times while I'm driving, while I'm by myself. I, con- I consistently just meditate on it. I teach it to myself. I get something out of it before I take it out to the public, before he allowed me to, to teach it. And many times when it's ready, it's the same time when Pastor Mark needs me to teach, to preach. But I have to get it for myself first. I must feed in this thing first. And so many times we made a mistake where we, we want to preach to everyone. We want to save everyone. But then we, neg- we neglect our spiritual well-being. We try to feed everyone. Oh, I, the, the Lord gave me a word for you. Oh, I got a word for you. But then we, ha- we ourselves neglect the fact that man shall not live by bread alone, but by, by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. And I've heard so many testimonies of other great preachers who said that they made a mistake just trying to preach to everyone, but they themselves begin to go down. We was at one of um, a Kenneth Copeland conference a couple of years ago, and there was a brother there that was telling a story about another pastor that he had to minister to. He said, this man, he was a powerful preacher. Oh, he got, there are thousands of people that is following him. And he preached, and they're getting saved, but he himself find himself begin to just fading away. He, became, he, he now begins to um, becomes weak. Because he's not feeding. He's not preaching to himself. He's not feeding from the word of God. He always gets to give someone. It's just like someone who always, I'm always trying to find something to give to someone else, but they're neglecting their house. It's all like someone who always trying to fix someone else's car, but his keep breaking down all the time. It's like the man who always want to fix everyone in the neighborhood, their roofs, but his roof is leaking at home. What about his wife and his children? What about their comfort? So we want to bring it back to the home improvement. Let it, let it start here first. And then when we leave here, when we go out, we are so equipped that we'll be able to give them, we'll be able to feed them, and we ourselves won't be enticed and fall away. So we're going to start with um, this picture of this house. And as you know, we all have responsibility. And we will have them until... We leave this earth. Every one of us have responsibility. It's, it can be either to show up early at work. It can be to be a praise leader at church. It can be something in our community. We all have responsibility until we leave this earth. Like a house. So many of us want to own a, a piece of the American dream. But look at all the different components on the house. You have the gutter. You have the roof, you have chimney where the smoke comes out. What happens if your chimney is blocked? Then the whole house is going to be full of smoke. 
So we have this, our responsibility to take care of those things. So many times, again, like I said, we try to go out and do things for everyone, but then we, ne we neglect our own. Home improvement, next slide. Home improvement means an alteration, repair, addition, modification, or improvement to any dwelling or property. When you look at yourself, the Bible said, and I'm going to get to that scripture. I had to jump to that before. It said that you and I, we are the temple of the Holy Spirit. But can we look at that temple as a house and all the different components, all the different parts that connected to that temple that needed to be taken care of? Sometimes we have to make alterations. Sometimes because the family is growing, we'll have to increase. If the family uh, we become empty nesters now. Sometimes we have to downsize. Sometimes we have to repair. It might be our faith. As a house, I can ask you, how is your foundation? How is your faith? Is there a crack in your faith? Because the Bible said without faith, man cannot, it's impossible to please God. And then that's when we have to get into our home improvement kit and find out what it is that is keeping me from pleasing God. And what do I need to fix and how do I need to fix it? Because the Bible says you, you got to be careful how you're helping others. Lease yourself. Be enticed and be cast away. You find yourself in the same problem as those that are going through, the ones that we're trying to help. So it started at home first. We got to fix ourselves first. We got to allow the Holy Spirit to work through us. And to work on ourselves first. If I, if I have problem with anger, how am I going to help the brother who is dealing with anger? I have the same problem. Would that benefit my family? I'm helping everyone else, but my house at home is falling down. I'm hugging everyone in church, but I can't hug my wife. What kind of thing is that? So I'm trying to make it personal. Let's deal with home first. Like they said, when, you, when you're on an airplane, if there's something happen, you must try to put the mask on yourself first. Amen. Because if you can't, how can you? You won't be able to help, um, help your baby because you're going to pass out before you even get to help them because of the oxygen. As we continue to talk about the home improvement, I can say we have to make it personal. Because we are living in a world right now where we are seeing things that is taking place on the television when we go to the store and different things like that. And because we are, if we are not strong enough, we ourselves going to be lowered away and we'll find ourselves being angry and hateful towards someone who haven't even done anything towards us. So it started within ourselves first. It started here first at Kingdom Rock. And we can go even farther than that. It started back first in our home. Because how can we love everyone else and we don't have a good relationship at home? What kind of thing is that? They used to tell us when we was growing up, practice to dance at home first before you go outside or else you're going to embarrass yourself. <laughs> practice at home first. And it is so true. And I have taken that seriously because there's times I have to practice on my kids. There was a one time my kids used to tell me they loved me so much, I thought I was going to die. I mean, seriously, uh, my, my daughter, my, my son walked up and said, Dad, I love you. 
And you know, that I'm like, maybe this is a sign I'm gonna die, you know? I, but I have to learn how to accept the fact that they love me and they're just saying, I love you and say, I love you back. I have to practice that at home. Because if I didn't know God and have the word of God inside of me the way I is now, I would have thought that was a sign and then I would have started doing all kinds of crazy things. But because I know what the word of God said, the man who does not love does not know God. So they just love me, and I have to appreciate it and accept it while I'm here on this earth. So I began to love them back. And I had a conversation. We had a conversation on, on the prayer line that we've been doing for five years. And one lady said the same thing. I thought that Johnny keep telling me every minute, I love you so much. I thought I was going to die. <laughs> it's like they're seeing something that we didn't see. But it's the fact that they're just showing love. But we didn't know how to receive it. When I was growing up, nobody in our house hugged each other. We know we love one another. I have to learn that in my family now. They will tell you, I love you. The kids will tell you, I love you. They hug you. And that is so important. Because it's like, don't send me any flowers when I'm dead. Give it to me now, you know, while I'm alive. Let, let me see your appreciation and let me do that for you too. So it's all about this improvement. There's three stages to home improvement. The first one, you have to inspect to determine what needs to be fixed. We must inspect ourselves. We got to sit down sometime and, and meditate and just think back on your day. The person that you met that you could have said hello to. The person that you met that you could have uh, replied in a better way. Just sit back and think how your day went, how the week, how was your week? And see where we messed up and where we can fix and what need to be fixed. Number two, how are you going to fix it? If you're doing a, a natural home improvement, you'll go to Home Depot. You get all your material and everything. But we're talking about the temple of the Holy Spirit here, so this is something different. And we're going to get to that in a minute. Number three, start fixing it and complete the job. Because if you, if you never complete the job, you'll find yourself starting all over again. You'll never make progress. You'll never move forward. Let's go to the next slide. And this is... We're talking about the temple of God now, the, our temple. The Bible says, do you know that you know, you should know by now that you are the temple of the Holy Spirit. And think about what we are housing on the inside of us. The resurrection power of God. The power that this, the Bible said, the same power that raised Christ from the dead now lives in us. And he said that God has given us gifts and each one of us must use those gifts to serve each other. So we have responsibility. But if we are not growing those gifts, if it doesn't start with us first, how are we going to help someone else? How are we going to be the light if our light is not shining? The Bible said a light, a candle is not lit and then put under a bushel. But it is put on a stand so that it will give light to all who is in the house. But if our light is not shining, which means that we are going to trip and everyone else, everyone else around us is going to trip too. 
We are here with a purpose. We are here with responsibility, and we cannot push it off to anyone else. When there's a need in my home, I have to go to God. It's my responsibility to ask, and you shall receive, to seek, and I shall find, to knock, and the door will be opened unto me. It is my responsibility. And if I'm not seeing those things in my house, I have to go back to my home improvement kit and say, where are you missing it? Because the Bible said a man who is doubting don't expect to receive anything. And God loves us so much that in Romans 8.32, he said that I have given you my best, my only son. Won't I give you everything else? And everything means everything pertaining to life and godliness. Everything. I don't care how small it is. I don't care how big it is. I don't care how much it seems impossible. He said, didn't I give you my best, my only son, that we are singing a song today that you can't tell, you, you, you don't even know how much it costs to see the Savior hanging on the cross. No one can come up with a price. How much did it cost for him to die for each one of us? And he said, I've given you my best. Won't I give you everything else? All these other things is not as good as my son. They're material things. The car, the house, and all these things, I will give you all that. And if we are not seeing that in our lives, we need to go back, get into our improvement kit, and find out where are we missing it. Because we are supposed to be the light of this world spiritually, mentally, physically, and financially. God should, have been, should be represented in our life in all aspects of our lives. Now, I'm not against, well, I can't say I'm not against poverty. It's not, it is not a part of our life. It shouldn't be a part of our life. I'm, I'm making a point here now. The reason why I'm saying this is because some of us, has taken that to mean that it is we are being humble when we refuse the blessings of God. Don't give me a nice Cadillac. Let me walk. I'm humble. That show that I love Christ. Let my house leak for 10 or 15 years. It shows that I'm humble. Let, let some blue top be on my house for 15 years. Oh, you know what? Jesus sent out the 12 disciples. He told them, don't take anything. Just go. So I'm going to be that way too. For some people, that's humility. That is not humility. The Bible said we should humble ourselves before God. Walk respect before him. Love each other. Don't esteem yourself higher than someone else. Don't think you're better than someone else. That's humility. And accept God's help. It's showing that I can't do it by myself. Lord, I need you. That's being humble. If we are going to refuse the blessings of God, we might as well refuse the cross. Because why did he go to the cross? So that we can have life and have it more abundantly. And he's talking about life in every aspect of our life. Health, strength, everything. Mentally, physically, financially, and spiritually. Complete. He does not start anything and did not finish it. He completes it. When we begin to inspect our life, 
to see where we are as a servant to God so that we can serve and serve him wholeheartedly. 2 Corinthians chapter 13 verse 5 said, Examine yourself to see if your faith is genuine. You test yourself. Surely you know that Jesus Christ is among you. If not, you have failed the test of genuine faith. We have to examine ourselves. God is telling us to do that. I've given you the authority to do that. When you go into your home improvement kit, which is the Bible, as the Bible said, men shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that proceeded out of the mouth of God. When you get into your home improvement kit, which is your Bible, it will tell you everything, what you can and what you can't do. He will show you. He said, a man who delight himself in the Lord, he will give you the desire of your heart. Examine yourself. And when we examine ourselves, we will see. Because the Holy Spirit, the Bible said the Holy Spirit, when he comes, he will teach us what Christ was teaching while, while he was here on this earth. He will tell you. He will let you know. He will, he will direct your path to the things that is missing in your life. Luke chapter 6 verse 42 says, How can you think of saying, friend, let me help you get let me help you get rid of that speck in your eye when you can't see past the log in your own eyes. Hypocrite. First get rid of the log in your own eye, then you will see well enough to deal with the speck in your friend's eye. In other words, we got to start with ourselves. Home improvement start with ourselves. It means we are examining ourselves to see where are we missing? Where are we missing God? How can we serve better? Because, again, we can try to, to help so many people, and there's nothing wrong with doing that. God, the scripture said we should look upon the things of others. Help each other. Love one another as I have loved you. But we ourselves have to make sure that we are standing in right standing with God. There, I can stand up here and I can preach the best sermon ever. And none of you will know that I have a problem with anger. I can stand up here and preach the best sermon ever. And none of you can know that I, me and my wife is having a problem. Not saying that we are due. Because we can act so good and leave this place and go back home with the same problem. But a true man or woman of God that loves God. And want to walk upright before God because they see themselves as worthy and righteous. They will examine themselves that they will be the best that they can be. Not just for us all but for God. So we won't pretend. When we, get, when we begin to think, when our mind is renewed, we begin to think about Colossians 3 and 8. Where he said to get rid of all those things. Anger, malice, rage. All these things, because they robbed us of the happiness that God has for us. They robbed us of the things that Jesus Christ himself paid, his, paid with his life so that we all can have life and have it more abundantly. We all, it's God's intent for all of us to live a wonderful and beautiful life. 
He said, I place before you today life and death, blessings and curse. You choose. I can't choose for you. I can only show you, show you the way. You can't choose for me. You can only show me the way. I have to choose. Delight yourself in the Lord, and he will direct your path. It will show you what path to take. Trust in the Lord with all your heart. Believe that you receive what you ask for. It is up to each one of us. None of us are supposed to be living beyond, below what God expects for us to live and think that is a good thing. Think about the price that Christ paid. Think about the whooping. Think about the crown on his head, the thorn. Think about what he went through. When Peter tried to stop those guys from arresting him, he said, and, and, and he slashed off the servant. And he said, put away your soul. Don't you know that I have to do this? I'm putting it in my own word. Don't you know I have to complete this? This must be done so that you can have life, so that I can have life and have it more abundantly. So that when we stand out there, we can say, if God is for me, who can be against me? Because no one can stop you from obtaining what God has for you besides yourself. So many years we say that this one is holding us back. That one is holding us back. And it's like we're calling God a liar because he's saying, son, I have given you everything pertaining to life and godliness. What are you talking about? If you trust in me, I will direct your path. If you humble yourself before me, I will exalt you. No one can stop you from getting to the place that God wants you to get. But there's a thing that is going around where so many are trying to get you on their side. They're trying to get you to do what they do. They're trying to get you to believe what they believe. They're trying to get you to hate someone for no reason. They're trying to get you to loot and do all this kind of thing. And if you don't do that, then you're not worthy of their friendship. But the Bible said there should be no other God before me. He should be first in our life. He should be the first one that we give our allegiance to. His word. You, you're not going to see Jesus Christ walking on Jerusalem again. Not that it can't happen. But the Bible said now we have the written word of God. And it's just as powerful as God himself is speaking. He said that now we are Christ's ambassadors. We are the one who's going to be doing the laying of the hands and calling those things which are not as though they are. We are the peacemakers. We are all that. Why? Because it's no longer you and I who live, but it is Christ who lives in us. And we are his ambassadors. He said, Jesus said, I only do what I see my father do. I only say what I hear my, hear my father say. Likewise, we are the one who is doing that now. We only saying what we hear the Holy Spirit says. And we only doing what we see Jesus did. And it's all recorded right here in the word of God. It told us how he was compassionate. How, he's, how he was obedient to his father. How he was loving. It doesn't matter who you are. He was even slow to speak. When they asked him, when they brought the, the young lady in front of um in front of him and said, Master, we found this lady, um, she was caught in adultery, and, and Moses said that we should stone him. He stooped down and he take his time. 
And when he got up, he, he came up with one statement. Any one of you who does not have any sin, go ahead and throw the first stone. And he just stooped back down, and they start sliding. Bam, yes, left. Just that smooth. And the Bible is trying to tell us it's the same spirit that now lives in us. We don't have to be confirmed to the world. It would have been easy for him to, to, to side with them and stone that woman to death. His word was the deciding factor right there. All he had to do is say, yeah, Moses said, go ahead. His word. And that's the spirit that we have on the inside of us today. And when we, we are here at Kingdom Rock, and we are here to make a difference, it's not about who is not here, who is coming. Right now, it's about home improvement. How can I stand when I face and when we are facing with all that is going on out there today? How can I stand? How can I be impartial? How can I say the right thing? Because sometimes it takes one statement. That's why the Bible said we will be held accountable for every word that comes out of our mouth. We can kill or we can condemn. We can condemn or we can free those that wrongs us with the word that comes out of our mouth. That's how powerful we are. And that's why none of us should be living the life besides the one that God said that we can have. It might be a process, and it will be a process. Because there's times when I didn't just start cursing. I mean, stop cursing. It, it takes a, a, a while. And even while I was still in church, I mean, I'm talking about years ago. You know, not right now. I mean, this years ago. It was still slip, you know. It, was, it used to slip. But again, that's why I am compassionate with others. I would love to see that they step, they stop right away. But if there's a little slip in here and there, I'm still going to stand with you and see the word of God works it out, flush it out. Yeah. But the, and even there was a time in my, my life I couldn't, I couldn't stand offering. I was angry because I did not know the purpose or the reason why. I'm always thinking, oh, all that money going, because that's what I used to hear. It, you know, you hear that even in church. I mean, I'm sitting right there and in the back row. They said, well, we need uh, a two more men with $25 each. We're trying to reach this budget. And I heard people back there <laughs> cursing and carrying. <laughs> First and cursing and carrying on back there in the back seat. I'm like, Lord. But again, I was confirming to that. Because I did not understand what the word of God is saying. I used to think, well, the, the man of God is dependent on this, that money of the church to live. Did not understand that God is blessing him. When he acts, he receives. The gift that he has and he used those gifts, it makes room for him. And his life keeps improving and keep improving. But I did not understand that until I began to do my home improvement. I begin to get into the word of God, and then I understand what God has for him. It is for him. He doesn't have to depend on the church. 
What God has for him, it is for him. And then what we send out, it comes back to us. When we are sending out jealousy and hatred, it will come back to us because all he had to do is to refuse it. Like a letter, it must come back to sender. They put on that letter, return to sender. Whatever nasty stuff you put in there, you can open it and you're going to read it. It <laughs> apply to you. Because it does not. Whoever was there, basically, let's put it this way, they move. And we can consider that move as they, their mind has been renewed. They're not thinking like the old way they used to think anymore. So what happened, they, they dust that off. They said, what, who God bless can no man curse. Uh, what God has for me, so that have to come back to you. And it's your letter. And when it comes, it comes in full force. <laughs> so you got to be careful what you're sending out. So let's go to number two. I think we could get to number three. It said, how are you going to fix it? Well, how do we fix it? Because we are spiritual, we have to go to our home improvement kit. Hebrews chapter 4 verse 12 says, For the word of God is alive and powerful. It is sharper than the two edges. It is sharper than the, it is sharper than the sharpest two-edged sword, cutting between soul and spirit, between joints, joint and marrow. It expose, exposes our innermost thoughts and desire. We have to fix it with the word of God. The more we spend time reading the word of God and meditating the word of God, those things that is not needed in our life, it begins to flush it out. The hatred and the jealousy, the unforgiveness, all these things begin to move out of our life. Because we begin to see God for who he is. He is love. We begin to see our brothers and sisters as they are. They are part of God. The Holy Spirit lives in them. We begin to see them that way. We begin to see the God in them. So we begin to accept them for who they are. Psalms 107 verse 20 says in the New Living Translation, he sent out his word and healed them, snatching them from the door of death, which means that the word will work. It is proven. He sent out his word, snatching them back from the door of death. So when we use the word of God, the things that we need to fix in our life, it will replenish the love that was missing. It will, re it will replenish the impatience that we used to have when we used to have patience and now we don't have patience with things anymore because we have so much going on around us. It will help us to slow down. It will help us to prioritize, to get rid of some things. Make that alteration as your home improvement. It will make you dung size to, to certain areas. You, you might have to get rid of some friends. The Bible said don't be surprised if they start talking about you. Why? Because you don't go to those places that they used to go. Or the, you, you guys used to go together. They might slander you. Yeah, you think you're all that now because you understand what the word of God said. Yeah, you, you, you're loving someone else now. Yeah, because I understand now that we all are one. So you might have to downsize. You might have to do some alteration. You might have to get into your home improvement kit, which is your Bible, and see what it says about that. And then you act on that. Number three, it says, start fixing it and complete the job. Because if you don't complete the job, 
you'll find yourself repeating the same cycle all over again. Luke chapter 11, verse 27 to 28 says, As he was speaking, a woman in the crowd called out, God bless your mother, the womb from which you came, and the breast that nursed you. Jesus replied, but even more blessed are all who hear the word of God and put it into practice. He didn't just hear it. He take it all the way. He put it into practice and practice and practice. And when he get out into the world and he see all those things and all the commercials and all the billboards and all the well, you just got to go into the mall. You don't even have to have a TV. They already have, they already have them turned on. You just pass and your eyes caught something. It won't bother you to that point that you got to hate someone. It makes you remember who God is, who you are, and who God is in your life. And the value of every life that Jesus Christ himself died. That we all might have life and have it more abundantly. It is an even playing field when it comes to God. That's why we can say what God has for me, it is for me. What God has for you, it is for you. No one can stop you from having this enjoyable life in spite of all the stuff that goes on. The Bible says he will keep those whose minds stayed on him. He will keep them in perfect peace. The world will tell you there is no peace in the world. But you got to understand, first of all, it is inside of us. The peace of God is inside of us. When our minds and our heart is at peace, we can sleep good at night, we can rest. When we are not worried about financial uh, responsibility because we know that God will come through for us, we will sleep better at night. But if we allow it to get on the inside, on the outside of us, Everything that we see now begins to make us fearful. And when we become fearful, we can't think right. You're trying to grab every next commercial that said, I can show you in 30 seconds how to become a millionaire. Over there, they tell you, I, would, I can show, I got the five secret over here. Just click right there. And over there, show, I got a bundle over here. If you click right here, we can, in, in three months, we'll have you up and running. You, if, you don't, if you're not trusting God and rely on him and have that peace within yourself that God will supply all of your needs according to his, to his riches through Christ Jesus and glory, you'll never, ever, ever enjoy that peace. Galatians chapter 6 verse 9 says, So let us not get tired of doing what is good. At just the right time, we will reap a harvest of blessing if we don't give up. You have to start to fix it and complete it. And if you complete it, you will reap that harvest. Take an inventory of yourself. Think about where God has brought you from. I can think about my life, how I used to drink and party, and I know there was a, a point in my life, I know that God have a calling on my life. I've already paid my $20 to go into this club we call the Bomb Squad. It, it, it made like one of those uh, 
army, little army base thing. And we used to go in there and, man, you know, jam pack. And you, I was single back then, so, you know, I'm married now. <laughs> and I paid my $20 to go in there. And we're getting down. You know, you, you think you're getting down like you're getting down. And I'm in there getting it down. And I'm hearing that voice saying, you know you're not supposed to be here. And you dance. You know if God come right now, you know where you're going. And I, I'm, I kid you not, I had to stop. Many times I said, just leave me alone. God. And I, had, I, I said it out loud. Just leave me alone. I mean, you could get somebody else. And, and I go back again. And, uh, and there a couple of times I had to walk home because there was no rest there. Because the guys that I go with, we said, well, okay, if three of us, it didn't make no sense that we drive three cars. One guy drive today and the next guy drive next time. But the thing is with these guys, they don't want to leave until they turn the light off. You know what they say, Stan? They say, you don't have to go home, but you know the rest of it. And I heard that a couple of times. You don't have to go home, but y'all got to out of here. And I wrestled with that so, so long to the point that I, I started, there's a couple of times I just walked home. I left them there at the club and walked home. Because I keep hearing that voice. If God comes right now, what are you going to do? Do you think this is acceptable? And then I get to the point where I just start, I stop running. I, I know what I need to be fixed. And I had to complete the job. Because if I did not complete the job, I would have been repeating the same cycle over and over again. Because he needed me. I've worked with so many young people. So many young men work with youth departments and all these different things because of God, because of his love for me. He has blessed me with such a wonderful wife. There's a time I told, my, I told the Lord, I said, Lord, look, I'm not going back out there in the street. I already tried that. And if you want me to really serve you the way you want me to serve you, I want a wife and she must be saved and sold out for you. Because if that, if that is not there, you know where I'm going. I'll be, I'll be right back out there doing the same thing. <laughs> and he fixed it. But first of all, I had to evaluate my life. I have to see what is missing in my life. Because I began to study so much. I began to spend so much time in the word of God. And I understand what the Bible said. And this, this is a scripture that hits me so hard. It says, if God, Romans 8.32. He has not withhold his only son from us all. But give, it, give him up for us all. Won't he, give us all? won't he give us everything else? That's the question he's asking. Won't I give you everything else? And I have to answer from what I have read and understand. My, my answer to him was, yes, Lord, I know you. You will. And then when I found out what was missing, I began to allow the Holy Spirit to fix it. Because we all going to be faced with things every day. And it is our responsibility how we respond. What we say. It doesn't matter if it's the election. It doesn't matter if it's a good Samaritan that you meet along the way. It is how we respond. The Bible said, blessed is the servant that when the Lord come back, he find him doing what God asked him to do. 
but we have to know what we're supposed to do in order for us to do what we got to do. Joseph know his mission. Joseph know where he was going because when you read Joseph's life and it gets up to the point when he revealed himself to his brothers, he said, it wasn't you that got me here. He said, it was God who got me here so I can save your life, so he can save your life through me. He could have been jealous. He could have been angry because he was sold into slavery. He could, there was so much. We would have said that, it is, it, yeah, it's my right. I, I, it's, I'm right to be mad. We probably would have said that. But Joseph, no, because the scripture said all through everything that he went through, God was with him in the prison, wherever he went, in Potiphar's house, he was prospering. And when he get to the point of revealing himself to, to his brothers, he said, it wasn't you who put me here. It wasn't you who sent me here. It was God. So that you, at the right time, could enjoy the blessings in this famine. So see what is missing in your life so that you can serve God with all your heart, all your strength. You are the temple of the Holy Spirit. I am the temple of the Holy Spirit. And there's some things that we might have to alter. We might have to repair. There's some things that we have to do. The Bible said, present your body, your whole body, a living sacrifice unto the Lord. Let him use your hands, your eyes, what your mouth because it's not what comes out. What goes in that defile is what comes out. And if I'm, if I'm continuing to say the wrong thing, there's something missing. So I have to go back, go into my home improvement kit and ask the Holy Spirit to show me. Why do I keep making the same mistake over and over? Why can't I love someone the way God said to love? How is my faith life? We got to ask those questions. The fruit of the spirit. Why am I not walking in those fruit? Where is the joy of God? Where is the long suffering? What needs to be repaired so that the long suffering can be a part of my life? Self-control. What is missing? What do I need to do so that I can serve you more? I can, be, I can be meek and humble. Because the Bible said what we do unto the least of one of these, we are doing it unto him. And if we are not walking and operating in the spirit of God, can you imagine what we can be like? Mean. Stingy. Evil. Does that represent God? As an ambassador? So start with yourself. I am starting with myself. To me, this is home improvement. I'm not going to be fixing everybody's house in the neighborhood and mine is leaking. I'm not going to be fixing everybody's marriage and mine is falling apart. I'm not going to be everybody's friend and I can be a friend to my children or my wife. But I'm telling you, I will be a friend. I will fix the marriage. I will do everything else. But I am concerned about the concern of those at home with me. Don't they deserve to be comfortable? Don't they deserve to be happy? 
So I will start with myself because most of all, because I am God's ambassador, I want to represent him the right way. When they see us out there, they should see God in us. Whenever they see us, what comes out of our mouth, it should represent God. It doesn't matter what color or who you are. It doesn't matter what side are you voting for. It doesn't matter. It, they should see God in us being led by the Holy Spirit. And this is the time for us to represent in this day and age. This is the time. Opportunities popping up every day. Represent God. Examine yourself. Take the beam out of your eye first so that you can help to so you can see better to help someone else. It is love. And we are built by love. Say God is love and he built us. Amen. So that's all I have today. As our man of God come back and get ready to close us out. I want to thank you guys for listening. I want to thank Pastor Mark and Pastor Mika for having me and giving me the opportunity to speak to you guys today. There's so many that does not want to share the pulpit and things like that. But when you have a true man of God whose mind and life is dedicated to get the word of God to the world, he will use who God has sent to him. And I love them for that. I truly love them for that. Well, we pray that you were blessed and encouraged by today's message. Don't forget, you can connect with us at our website at kingdomrock.org. It's there that you can hear today's message as well as the entire series. So check it out today. Until next time, remember that Jesus loves you and so do we. Choose him as your Lord today. Only he can make a way. We'll see you on the next time.